In this episode, we're going to look at how to configure dynamic network address translation. I'll show you how to do it, and we'll talk about the concepts along the way. We'll be discussing how to configure dynamic NAT and then verifying that NAT implementation. Greetings to all my tech heads out there in the Techify Nation, and if you're new here, welcome. This episode is part of my series on configuration examples for the CCNA. I'm Kevin here at Kev Techify. Let's get this adventure started. Tracer Labs 6.5.6 Configure Dynamic NAT. I've got Pack Tracer Lab opened up here. On the left side, I have our work area, we have our topology where we can go in and configure our devices. On the right side, I have our instructions. On the bottom right is the Packet Tracer activity window that opens up when you open up Pack Tracer. Those are the original instructions. In the upper right, the majority of the upper right is are those same instructions, but in a Word document. Because we have some questions to answer, this will allow me to type my answers in and save those. Here we have our topology. We have a WAN connection here. We have a couple routers with WAN connections and the internet. We have a couple local area networks up here. Part one. Configure dynamic NAT. Step one, configure traffic that will be permitted. So first thing you have to do for a dynamic NAT is configure an ACL. What we're gonna do is on R2 right here is where we're gonna configure our ACL. That's where we're gonna configure our dynamic NAT to happen. So I clicked on R2, I clicked on our CLI tab. I make the window a little bit bigger going right to left. That way the information lays out a lays out better, it doesn't wrap weird. So I hit enter, we're logged in, go ahead and type enable. That brings us into privilege exec mode. Now to create our ACL, we have to be in global configuration mode. So we can go in and type config T. Now the command, once again, to create our a access, access control list, we're gonna do a one here. So it's a standard numbered ACL. To do that, we type in access-list, and then the number of the list, and then what we want it to do. Here, we want it to permit any address belonging to the 172.16.0.0 slash 16 network. So we want it to permit, and then what network, once again, it's the 172.16.0.0 network. So 172.16.0.0. And then we put in the wildcard mask. And the wildcard mask is the inverse of the subnet mask. So we have the subnet mask of a, of a slash 16. Subnet mask of a slash 16 is 16 ones followed by 16 zeros. To get the wildcard mask, you invert that. You change the ones from the subnet mask into zeros in the wildcard, and then you change the zeros in the subnet mask into ones in the wildcard mask. Our subnet mask here had 16 ones to start with. You invert those, and then in invert those from the subnet mask. That gives you 16 zeros in the wildcard mask to start. And then in the subnet mask, you had 16 zeros. 
Those get inverted for the wildcard mass to 16 ones. So you have 16 zeros followed by 16 ones in the wildcard mask converted into decimal. 16 zeros is 0.0. .0 and then you have 16 ones or two, two sets of eights of one. So that gives you 255, 255. Our wildcard mask is 0 .0 0.0.255.255. So go ahead after you put your network address of 172.16.0.0 in there. Now you can put our wildcard mask of 0.0.255.255. That creates our access control list. We don't have to do any more with that. Then step two, configure a pool of addresses for NAT. On R2, with a NAT pool, use two addresses in the 192. or sorry in the 209.165.200.228/30 address space now this is the network address for a slash 30 is .228 so our addresses are .229 and .230 low end is .229 high end is .230 so that's our range there and then our, our subnet mask is a slash 30, which is 255, 255.255.252 in the last octet. So let's go ahead and create that pool. Once again, we do that here from global configuration mode. So we start off by saying IP and then NAT. And then we're creating a pool. So IP NAT pool. Then we give it a name. That name is case sensitive and one of the traditions out there is we put it in all capital letters that way it stands out and i'm just going to call this nat underscore pool and a capital n capital a capital t underscore capital p capital o capital o capital l it is case sensitive it is punctuation sensitive so make sure when we have to type it in again you type that in exactly so after you put your pool name, you put your starting address. Our starting address, once again, is 209.165.200.229. was the network address. To get the first usable, you add one to that. That gives us 229. Because we are a slash 30, our ending address is one more than that. There's only two usable addresses here. So our ending address is 209.165.200.230. Once we have our starting IP address in there, or, or ending IP address, then we put our net mask in there. And so we put the keyword net mask, and then we put our net mask of a slash 30 in there, which is 255.255.255, and then 252 in the last octet. So once we have our command in there, you can go ahead, press enter, and that creates our pool. Notice in the topology, there are three network addresses that would be translated based on the ACL created. I'm going to minimize that. There are three network addresses that would be translated. That would be laptop one, PC one, and PC two. Those would be the three addresses that would get translated here on R2. 
What will happen if more than two devices attempt to access the internet? Okay, so if we all three of those devices try to access it, we only have two available IP addresses, what's gonna happen? Well, the first two would get an IP address for network address translation. That third device would be denied access until one of the first two translations timed out, freeing up that IP address to use. And so here, the, so the third device would be denied access until one of the previous translations timed out bring up an address to use. On the step three, associate ACL1 with the NAT pool. Enter the command that associates ACL1 with the NAT pool you just created. So back here on R2, we need to associate this NAT pool with access list one we created. So that way, anybody that fits the requirements here of access list one, they can get one of our IP addresses for network address translation. Now the command to do that, we start off with IP NAT, and then inside, and then our source here is the listing of access list one. And what pool are we gonna use? So we put in pool, and then any pool name. And once again, we used NAT underscore pool. So capital N, capital A, capital T, underscore, capital P, capital O, capital O, capital L. That will associate access list one with the NAT pool of addresses called NAT pool. And of course, the Cisco operating system will only give you feedback when you do something wrong. Here, it says I have invalid input detected at the little up arrow. The little up arrow points to right here. And if you look in this area, you can see that I spelt the word inside wrong. So what I do to correct that, I hit the up arrow once, left arrow over, so I can make my correction. So I spell the word inside correctly, hit enter. And now that association is made between access list one and the pool. Step four, configure the NAT interfaces. Configure R2 interfaces with the appropriate inside and outside NAT commands. When we look here and we see our network, where our local devices are, where our private devices are, that is the inside of our network. Where the internet is, where those web servers are, that is the outside. And so what we need to do is define our inside and outside interfaces. If we click in this window here and we mouse over the triangle, it's going to pop up what that interface is. The outside interface is serial 000. Now, if I mouse over this triangle here, it's gonna pop up and say, this is serial 001. 
So zero, zero, zero is our outside. Zero, zero, one is our inside. Now we can go ahead and set those up. Do that, you have to go into the interfaces. So we're in global configuration mode. So we can go ahead and type interface serial zero slash zero slash zero. Once again, the zero, zero, zero interface is the outside. So to set that up as the outside interface for our NAT, we go ahead and type in IP space NAT space outside. Just a simple little command like that. It says, this is the outside interface. Then we go into the serial 001 interface. Go ahead and type interface space S0 slash 0 slash 1. We're now configuring the serial, serial 001 interface. And we can go ahead and type IP NAT inside. Because the serial 001 is to the inside of our network. That assigned the two interfaces to the correct directions for our NAT. On to part two, verify our NAT implementation. Access services across the internet. From a web browser on laptop one, PC one, PC two, access the web page for server one. So I'm gonna go ahead and minimize this. I'm gonna start with laptop one. On the desktop tab, I make the window a little bit bigger. See my web browser app, click on that. Starts up my app. Here's the IP address for our web server. Go ahead and enter that in. 209.165.201.5. We get our great little text web page saying, Server 1, welcome to Server 1. Laptop 1 can get the web page for Server 1. Gonna go ahead and minimize Laptop 1, PC 1. I'm gonna do the same thing, go on my desktop tab, make it a little bit bigger, click on my web browser app, put in the IP address for server one, 209.165.201.5. We can see that we have server one web page being displayed again, and let's check PC2. So on PC2, open it up, desktop tab, a little bit wider, web browser app. Now let's go ahead and put in the IP address for our web server, 209.165.201.5. And we wait, and it's timed out. Okay, I'm gonna try it again, click go. Now notice I highlighted request timed out because when that page refreshes and it now gave me another request timeout, it's not going to be highlighted. That's how I know it loaded in a new page or it tried to. But now we're getting the request timeout. Why are we getting the request timeout? Because we only had two IP addresses, both laptop one and PC one, got those NAT addresses. PC two is going to have to wait until one of those two addresses free up and then they can connect into the internet and get server one's web page. Now let's go ahead, look at our translations here. So currently I'm configuring an interface, go ahead and type in exit once, takes us to global configuration mode, type exit twice. We are now in privilege exec mode. Now we can go ahead and type in show IP NAT translations. We can see that we only have two addresses. There's, we only have two translations because that's all we had were two addresses. 
as we look here, we can see that the 172.16 addresses, those are my internal addresses. Those belong here to my devices, L1 and PC1. Then our inside global is our two addresses from our NAT pool of addresses, 209.165.200.229 and .230. And then over here for our outside addresses for the translation, those are the web addresses or the IP addresses of our web server. And so they're translating from the inside PC or laptop all the way out to the server. That was Packet Tracer Lab 6.5.6 Configured Dynamic NAT. It was my pleasure to provide you with this wonderful episode on configuration examples. If you like this episode and you got value out of it, please click that like button, give a five-star rating, leave a comment. This all helps me bring you more great content. Please take a minute to subscribe to my channel. All my socials and contact information are on my website, kevtechify.com. There you can find out how to get all these episodes in video and podcast form. Thank you so much for watching this episode of my series on practical configuration examples for the CCNA. I've created four wonderful playlists for you on the CCNA. These episodes, I go through all the concepts that Cisco calls out for the CCNA. Once again, I'm Kevin. This is Kev Techify. I'll see you next time for another great adventure.